in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting here across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I crave baked goods. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we don't really have a lot of uh, outtakes on this show. But <laughs> I managed to say every bun last time. And, and then we went we ahead and did another take. Another intro. And then I referenced it, and you got it anyway. Thanks. You're welcome. So anyhow. Let's talk a little bit about HTML5. Why don't we? Why not? All right, then. So uh, first of all, uh, I would like to tell everyone out there in the listening audience, we are currently recording this episode in the afternoon in the middle of the week. Now, the reason why that's interesting to us is that we normally record on Friday mornings at the end of a long week. But this is a Tuesday afternoon. And I'm feeling a little zany. So <laughs> a little ahead of ourselves, you okay, might say. But HTML5. So uh, HTML5, before we even get into that, we need to talk about what hypertext markup language is. Yes. Now, this is the stuff that essentially this language is what helps a web web developer design a web page so that it, it, it appears a certain way when you access it with a web browser. Mm-hmm. It's the very basis of making stuff appear on a web page the right way. And so this dates all the way back to the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the early 90s? Yes. Yeah. What a magical time that was, huh? No. No, you're right. Let's move on. <laughs> so, but but in general, this is the stuff that has the tags in it that tell, uh, you know, the tag is essentially a, a, a message to the web browser saying, when you see this tag, you need to take this action uh, and make whatever comes after that appear a certain way on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it may just be to help lay it out a certain way. And so uh, there were a lot of tags that were developed for HTML, and eventually uh, it got to the point where there needed to be a new implementation of HTML because it was starting to get a little clunky, right? You know, they, they had a lot of tags there, and it was not elegant, Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. confusing for someone who was just trying to start up a website. So there were uh, attempts to f- to make that more streamlined. Yeah, just just for clarification, when we're talking about tags, basically uh, an HTML docu- document is simply a text document. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's basically your 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 letters, your numbers, uh, all, all those kinds of uh, standard text characters with no formatting whatsoever. In fact, you're the one supplying the formatting. If you want something in in bold in the current version of HTML, uh, you would type, I want this text in bold. And before that, you would type a tag called strong, uh, which is put in between uh, in between brackets. And at the end of the text that you want bold, you would uh, put what they call a close tag, which is a slight variant on that. Basically, you say, I want the following in bold. I want it to stop here. And it goes in for that. It could be italic. It could be underlined. It could be struck through. Or you that's how you put in hyperlinks. That's how you put in images. It's all with these little tags. And it's all in... Uh, more or less plain English. You're not doing a lot of calculation like you would in a in a uh, a typical programming language, like for example C, where you're actually putting in variables and all that stuff. That's why HTML is is popular uh, for people who are sort of dabbling in the idea of programming because it sort of gives you an idea of what coding is like without a whole lot of coding. Yeah. Um. And yeah. and you and it's very simple to do. It's based on a standard uh, page definition. Um, which is uh, maintained by the uh, uh, the W3C, the Worldwide Web Consortium. Yeah. 
I love that word. Yep, yep. Web. It's a great word. Um, uh, anyhow. Consortium is also awesome. Oh, yeah, that too. So, yeah, I, if you were to go and view a web page, if you were to view the source of that web page, uh, you can look at the source code. It's essentially, it's really just a series of directions, like we said, yeah. that tell the browser what, how to lay that page out. And so it's not software. HTML is not a programming language. No. It's a markup <laughs> language. And what happens is the, the companies that make the web browsers have to incorporate the, whatever the standard version of HTML happens to be into the web browser so that when you access a website, it, it, uh, it, it displays that website the right way. Asterisk. <laughs> asterisk. And the asterisk there is that they don't have to. Nobody's telling them they have to abide by all the laws, which has been a point of much contention in the past because um, there will be a standard release. There was HTML2 and 3. And now, at, at, as of the time we're recording this in September uh, 2012, the official recognized version of HTML is HTML4. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's been updated a couple of times and and people thought that html wasn't going to be updated at all anymore that it was essentially dead but uh, leave that for a minute um the thing is um these these specifications the the browser manufacturers google for chrome mm-hmm. uh, uh apple for safari opera which is a norwegian company uh microsoft for ie um internet explorer and 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 others there are many others um, they basically have to adopt the guts of this thing. So if you want it, your text to be bold, you can use the old uh, B or you can use the newer strong. And they're they're all going to recognize that. But they're yeah, they're usually backwards compatible. So that because yeah. if they weren't backwards compatible, any web page that had been designed with the old tags would be unrecognizable and would not. Uh, display properly on your screen. So if you ha- need to get your MIDI file fixed, you can still go back to a page from 1995 and and observe that. Um, but th- that was a thing for a while. Was oh well, fill in the name of the company here isn't completely compliant with the newest standard of HTML. And um, you know Microsoft went on their own for a while, and um, it, that was it, it wasn't the kind of thing that the average person would notice. It was more right. of a, a tech head thing where they were going, well, you know, so-and-so is more compatible. Yeah, so the HTML4 and also XHTML, are, um, which is another type of a markup language. The, Extensible. The, these languages, uh, well, HTML4 anyway, that was uh, the, the, the latest version, the one that everyone is considered the standard, the current standard, was uh, released in, in the late 90s. Like, yes. So you've got this uh, this markup language that's over a decade old. And here's the problem. The problem is that the markup language, as it was designed back then, could not support some of the more rich Internet uh, uh, features that we've come to know and love over the years. Things like video and audio, stuff that is a more of a rich experience, was not supported in HTML4. Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you go to uh, many popular sites, 
um, you're going to and view the source, as Jonathan suggested a moment ago, you're going to see HTML, but you're also likely to see other stuff in there, too. And you're going to say, but Jonathan and Chris, you told me that I'd pretty much be able to read uh, the text file in the back end. What's all this other programming stuff? Well, it could be JavaScript, which which is um, uh, a language, a very mild programming language that you can use to add some uh, interactivity to websites. And you're also likely to see an embed code for Flash Mm -hmm. on a lot of interactive media sites. Um, And probably just about everybody listening to this us is uh familiar with flash but it was a technology developed by the uh uh design software company macromedia before it merged with adobe uh slash acquired by adobe and um basically uh flash has been the the standard for many years for uh designing uh rich Internet content, animations, embedding video and things, not, not YouTube videos or, or things like that or Vimeo, but, uh, you know, special the, people would produce these things in house and put them on their websites or they would contract a designer to put this kind of interactive content on there. Uh, a lot of shopping sites like to use it so you can customize your room or things. The, um, and, and so HTML itself doesn't have any way to do that kind of content. Now, you can link to something, or you can embed an image um, or, or files on the site, but you might, if you click on that file, it might just load in another um, another kind of uh, application, for yeah. example. Um, so it really didn't support it the way that it could be done if you used uh, Flash, for example. Right. So instead, what you would have to do is install these plugins into your browser so these are uh, plugins or extensions that would uh, make your browser capable of seeing this kind of information. Because, again, on their own, they might not necessarily be able to do that. So if you've ever gone to a website and it's prompted you to install a plugin, first of all, be careful. Yes. Because that's a very common technique of installing malware onto uh, your computer. If it's if it's a site that you trust and you feel reasonably sure that there's not any uh, hanky nor panky going on at that particular moment, then that might be what you need. You might have to install a plugin in order to view whatever that content is or interact with that site in some way. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons why uh, there needed to be this update to HTML, was to design a markup language that was... Uh, backwards compatible so that you could still see those old sites, but mm-hmm. also more streamlined again so that someone who's building something from the ground up starting with HTML5 would be able to do so without it being too confusing. They didn't want the barrier to be too high. And also they wanted to be able to natively support these rich internet interactions without the requirement of some sort of additional plugin. So this is what kind of prompted companies like Apple in particular yeah. to push for HTML5 because the uh, the alternative is to support all these plugins. And if there were just one type of plugin for each type of rich media kind of experience, maybe that wouldn't be such a big deal. You know, it, it would mean that perhaps the browser would be clunkier than it needed to be, but you would have that one solution. But the fact is there's not just one solution. Uh, for a while, there were there were a few different competing technologies that were all doing the same sort of thing, but it would mean that you know you could be watching video on one site and everything's fine, and then you would go to a different site and suddenly it would prompt you to get a different kind of plugin because 
the plugin you were using does not work with that particular video. So mm-hmm. the the two in particular I'm thinking of are Flash and Silverlight. Yes. Silverlight came from Microsoft. Yes. And uh, anyone who is watching um, – I remember in the 2000, I think it was the 2008 Olympics. Yes. Where if you wanted to watch the stuff online, you had to use Silverlight, at least in the United States. And so, uh, that meant that I installed Silverlight on my computer because I wanted to watch some of the stuff. And, um, and it, you know, it's, it's just not an ideal solution in the sense that, you know, you, you got a browser that's getting, heavier and heavier as far as code is going because you're plugging in all this stuff it would be nicer if it were all built in from the ground up and you didn't have to worry about that mm-hmm. so that was one of the reasons for html5 another was that we're slowly uh getting closer to this idea of the semantic web where the the web is quote unquote getting smarter and what i mean by that is that it's easier for you to access the information you are particularly interested in. So if I'm doing a search for uh, a very specific type of information with the semantic web, I would ideally get precisely what I needed from that and not just a bunch of links to things that may or may not have the answer to my question. Uh, so HTML5 has some uh, organizational tags in it, things like section or article or side or header that can help when you're doing a search. It can help identify things that are uh, more important within the confines of that web page than others. So that way, let's say that you're a web page developer and you've used these tags to kind of organize your web page. Uh, you've got an entire section that's about the search terms that I'm looking for. It's more likely that that's going to come up for me when I'm using some sort of search tool because you have laid it out in such a way that the search engine knows, hey, this is a section that directly pertains to the search terms that were entered. Um, so those were that's also another consideration. So HTML5 has really had a big push, particularly from companies like Apple over the last – well, several years, actually. Uh, and that has been the battle cry for a lot of these companies, that HTML5 is the, the future. You should stop developing for things like Flash and other plugins because that's just holding us back. Instead, put your energy toward getting the HTML5 to a complete standard because as it stands now, it's still being developed. Yeah, the uh, uh, HTML5, for all of its uh, prominence, in the tech news in the last couple of years, um, you you would think that it was uh, fairly new, but an organization called What Would, well, okay, that's my best guess on how to pronounce it. W H A T W G. That's the Web Hypertext Application Technology Working Group. Basically, it's a group of companies or organizations that decided to uh, put their efforts together and update HTML. The idea is. Uh, you know, or behind it was, hey, we don't, you know, HTML by itself can't do what we uh, want it to do, what we want to be able to make available to our customers. So let's see if we can come up with a new standard. And uh, back in 2004, um, Apple Mozilla, which is the organization uh, behind the Firefox browser mm-hmm. and Opera software, um, got together and said, Let's, uh, you know, we're, we don't really like this, uh, extensible HTML, XHTML that W3C is working on. 
let's see if we can come up with something we like better and then we'll present it. Um, and so for a while, uh, XHTML and HTML5 were competing standards with XT- XHTML in the lead. It looks like that was going to be the successor to HTML4. Mm-hmm. I think what eventually forced HTML5 into prominence was the uh, – th- this was on the pre-post-PC era. But now uh, now that we're talking about tablets – It's the pre-post-PC era. Wouldn't just that just be the PC era? <laughs> Stop messing with my head. I, uh, no, <laughs> I, I said that on purpose. My head to see if you were <laughs> <laughs> see if um, I was listening or if I was just exactly. checking the, my email. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things where they said, okay, well, let's see what, what what we can come up with. And so, HTML5 again isn't it hasn't been ratified. It hasn't been standardized, but uh, it, it was forced into the media when the uh, I think when the iPad came out mm-hmm. in 2010. Because basically, Apple uh, bet on HTML5. Now, it's one of the members, uh, one of the founding members of uh, Whatwig. So you would say, well, okay, sure, they're promoting their own standard. Um, Apple's argument in leaving Flash off the iPad and the iPhone and the iPod Touch um, is basically, look, Flash can be a resource hog. It takes a lot of processing power to run this. It's going to slow you down. You're on a, on on using these gadgets, and we're just not gonna put flash on this. Also, it was going to drain your battery because that, mm-hmm. the, it was such a it was taking up so many resources, which in turn required more power. That uh, you would end up having a mobile device that would have a useful battery life of a few hours, which you know is not acceptable if you're looking for something like a mobile phone. I mean, most of us don't plug our phones in every couple of hours to recharge. And if we had to, uh, I think most of us would be dissatisfied with that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, the, the iPhone and iPod Touch predate the iPad. And it was apparent that Flash was not going on those anytime soon. But yeah. I think the iPad really, uh, the launch of the iPad really brought it into relief. They said, hey, if you've got a device this big, if you can w- look at web pages on this thing, it's intended for surfing in part. Why wouldn't you include Flash? Come on, Steve. But he said, nope, I'm not going to do it. Apple's not going to do it. You're on your own. And some other big companies have really uh, at least at least capitulated to that sort of view. If not like wholeheartedly thrown in, some of them have uh, have have started to uh, to acquiesce to, to say, all right, you know, the writing's on the wall. This this has to change. And there's so much momentum going forward that we're going to back HTML5. Uh, even if we're not going to champion it, um, there there are a lot of examples out there. I mean, heck, YouTube has mm-hmm. st- has a, a, an opt-in service where you can view uh, the videos via HTML5 as opposed to Flash-based players. So that was a big that was a big thing. I mean, you think about how many videos are up on YouTube. That's a massive undertaking. Yeah, yeah, that was that that actually is a, a good point because um, uh, you couldn't go to YouTube and uh, view videos on uh, the iPad when it first came out. Right, because and, it was all Flash-based players. Yeah, and uh, that that's one of the reasons that they've uh, that Apple has had that YouTube app that it recently did away with for right. iOS 6. Yeah, there was a native app on iOS that would allow you to, to access certain YouTube videos that uh, yeah. that were compatible with that app. So that, would, that was sort of Apple's answer and Google's answer uh, in the short term. 
while there was this initiative to try and convert videos from Flash-based to HTML5-based yes. videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that this is when people started going, well, uh, you know, which side are you on? Are you on the HTML5 side or are you on the Flash side? Come on, Flash is is lovely. It does all the things we need it to do. There are so many Flash games. Um, Facebook was one of those companies in particular that was sort of, um, I think, uh, sort of a battleground, if you will, because so much traffic on Facebook uh, involves rich media content, especially mm-hmm. the games and, and other applications that, that people run on there. So, um, and, and, of course, uh, Facebook having... Uh, you know, a billion people, more or less. Uh, that's a whole lot of web traffic, and 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 organizations like uh, YouTube and and Facebook are going to be the the places where uh, they're sort of litmus tests for the rest of the web. You know, do you have rich media content? If so, how are you displaying it? So uh, yeah, YouTube chose to make its pages render in HTML5. Yep. So. Going, Facebook. Going back to Facebook. Facebook. This is an interesting and somewhat. Uh, I don't know if controversial is the right word for it, but there people have there have been arguments that have broken out online about uh, what Mark Zuckerberg said in September 2012 about face, uh, Facebook and HTML5. He actually said essentially our biggest mistake was betting too much on HTML5. Uh, and this, I I read this originally in TechCrunch. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But the the problem was that they Facebook had a choice. They could either develop apps for HTML5, thinking, well, this is the ideal situation because if this is the standard, then everyone is going to incorporate HTML5 in their products. Right. Which means we don't have to sit there. And create a native application for each operating system that's yeah. on a mobile device. This mm-hmm. is primarily for mobile here that we're talking about. So they thought, all right, let's throw let's throw all we have into HTML5 and start developing for it. But then they discovered a problem, and the problem is that HTML5 is not fully baked, and the implementation of it in hardware is not fully baked. So it's not. They, they were discovering that the the experience that users were having on HTML5 based apps on these devices was not ideal. That things were slow, certain features weren't weren't uh, supported through HTML5, mm-hmm. um, and it just was uh, it was not a great experience. And so people were like, "This app is terrible," and people were re- reviewing apps saying, "This app is awful because it takes forever." It, it, considering what I'm asking it to do, I can't believe it takes so long for me to accomplish these goals. And so that was one of the issues. And then they said, "Well, if we had instead spent all that time and energy and thought on designing uh, native applications for these devices, they could take advantage of each device's uh, hardware capabilities." And, uh, and their operating systems in a way that would be a much more satisfying experience for the user, even though that means that we are contributing to this sort of fragmented approach to developing apps. Yes. And, uh, you know, this was a big, uh, this caused a lot of, uh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle that fall, fell out about this. And I think part of the problem is that HTML5 is a little too, it's it's not ready for prime time yet, and that the hardware and the so, uh, the hardware is not really there to support it. 
The markup language is not mature enough yet. The implementation of it is not mature enough yet. So the experience is not uh, not going to be great across the board, particularly in the mobile world, and that perhaps a couple of years down the line, HTML5 will be the obvious answer, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. right now, it's not. And the problem is Facebook jumped on it a little too early. Yeah, yeah. And um, people, uh, of course, uh, initially when that comment came out, I think it, it caused a stir because it was pretty strongly worded. Uh, I've seen several commentaries that said, well, you know, it's probably not their biggest mistake ever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's so hard to tell at this point what is and what isn't going to be in the final implementation of HTML5. But development has been steady on it since it's been uh, announced and, and adopted by so many companies. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, betting the farm on it or betting the farmville uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> might might be a bit extreme. Uh, yeah, there 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 have been some HTML5 games and things that I've seen pop up on Facebook. The the majority of them are still uh, baked in Flash. Um, but yeah, I mean even even Adobe, uh, whose product Flash is, um, has been backing off to some degree. I mean even even uh, Flash for Android has been discontinued officially. Sure. Um, and, and it appears that, uh, they have gone into the, uh, business of building HTML5 encoding tools, which, uh, you know, would seem to be the smart move. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it, uh, the thing is, it, it also goes into the, the whole, is it the web or is it mobile app? See, that's debate. a, that's another interesting point is that when the, when the, when HTML5, when they were starting to develop it for HTML5. Yeah. That was pre-mobile. I mean, before smartphones had really hit the consumer market, before tablets had really hit this consumer market. You're talking about, you know, the original when first looking into HTML5. Uh, you're almost looking at two different branches of the web, because there's the computer experience, which you know a lot of us are familiar with, because that's how we learned to use the web. That was that was the way, the main way to use the web. Mm-hmm. And now mobile is increasingly taking that over and becoming the dominant way that a lot of people are, rely upon in order to access the web. Absolutely. So it means that while, while the considerations you made for this markup language might have made perfect sense for a desktop or laptop computer that has access to greater resources than your typical mobile device does, mm-hmm. now you have to rethink all that again because you're talking about, uh, you know, the, the mobile approach and, it's not necessarily the people behind HTML5 that have to do the rethinking. It's the hardware developers and the operating system developers who have to really consider how to uh, implement this in a way that fits in the mobile world. And remember, in the mobile world, you've got several challenges. Mm-hmm. Battery life, like we mentioned, is a challenge. Uh, limited resources, because in, in general, you tend to have lower-powered chips, because lower-powered chips are going to drain a battery more slowly, and they generate less heat, which is important for a mobile device, and you're going to have a different form factor. So all of those things play into designing the operating system and its capabilities and features in a mobile platform, as well as you know, how do we implement this HTML5? What's it going to look like in the mobile space? How is it going to behave? How is it going to access the uh, the resources we have when we try to render a web page that is... Um, 
that has been built through HTML5. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know it's not a simple answer because it's not oh well you just need to change this one aspect of HTML5 and everything works perfectly. No, it's it's more of that relationship of operating system to hardware where there's going to be a bit of a bottleneck at least in the short term. It may very well be that in a year or two years we'll have some breakthroughs where the because of architecture or because of operating system design that no longer becomes a real issue and HTML5 is the obvious answer but for right now that native app approach looks like that makes more sense at least for Facebook yeah yeah and uh you know as Matt SA said you know it's also in the implementation too it's not just the HTML5, it's the way it was rolled out. I'm sure once they've had an opportunity to, to retreat and regather uh, their resources that, uh, you know, that'll be able to do that. But, you know, it does affect so many people yeah. that, uh, you know, building, you know, building any architecture. We've talked about the many times that there have been redesigns and outcries and whatnot. Sure. So, uh, yes, there is at least a brouhaha, if not a kerfuffle. Yes, yes, I would agree. There is at least a brouhaha, which, as you know, is three brooms short of a kerfuffle. <laughs> but six brooms more than shenanigans. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. Uh, I'm sure... We will continue to see developments in HTML5 as well as its implementation. Uh, and and like I said, maybe a couple years down the road, that'll be what everyone develops in because it saves so much time to do it through HTML5 as opposed to designing native apps for you know however many operating systems are out there. Granted, it may very well be that the <laughs> operating systems that are out there boil down to uh, – you know, Windows 8, uh, iOS, and, and Android, mm-hmm. but you never know. We could still see one of the other operating systems rise up or even a new one take take center stage. I mean, no one thought that Palm would go anywhere when it – oh, wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it, that, that's a good point too. I mean that uh, – uh, this is this is one of those things that I think will uh, will play itself out in in the uh, the standards simply because uh, it will be more universal and give people an easier uh, and more enjoyable experience. Once uh, assuming that it does get adopted, yeah, <laughs> it, it looks like uh, from most, what I've seen most recently, we're talking about 2014. Yeah, as far as an actual standard is adopted, at least that's the proposed. Date at this point, so it's some yeah, it's time still a couple off. years off. Yeah, and the nice thing is that when you think about it, one of the nice things about this is is when you get to a point where HTML5 becomes the the basis for most apps, or, or at least a good selection of them. Uh, the nice thing about that is you can sit there and get to a point where you know that the app version of a particular thing, or the app on your smartphone. Mm-hmm. is going to work more or less the same way as the app on someone else's smartphone, even if they have two different operating systems, Yeah, which is kind of nice. Because right now, that is not the case. <laughs> there are so many apps out there that have dramatically different sets of features from one operating system to another because one of them may support something natively and one may not. Mm-hmm. Or because maybe one company has a huge amount of horsepower on their mobile device but only allows their own apps to have access to that power and no one else's apps can access that power. Yep. I'm not naming names. Okay. 
I just don't own one of those. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually do own one I of those now. Say. It's on my desk right now. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. This was, you know, really, again, we're looking at this whole Facebook HTML5 mistake. I think even Zuckerberg would say, yeah, it was just too early to make that move. It wasn't necessarily that it's the wrong move in the long run. Yeah. It's definitely the wrong move when they made it. Yeah. So biggest um, mistake? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that. biggest mistake. That's arguable. There have been people who said, "What about launching that IPO so quickly?" Uh, of course, they were really pressured to do that. There wasn't a sure. whole lot of choice in that either. But uh, uh, although they could have, anyway, that's a totally different podcast. Which you I think we, I think we've actually recorded it. So, um, guys, if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes of Tech Stuff, something that you want to know way more about. You should definitely drop us a line. Let us know. We'll be happy to talk about it in a future episode. You can get in touch with us over email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com or let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those locations is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 